One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mindset is a skill set, but if you don't treat it like that, things aren't going to change. So I made it a very active process. So when I realized it wasn't right... I consciously started to ask myself the questions, well, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to do? Like, who do you want to become? Hey, how are you? Very well. Thank you for having me on. No worries. I'm, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. As we were chatting just before, we've had a few exchanges over LinkedIn and Instagram. And man, I think your journey is just insane. And I, I know that there's like loads of really good takeaways um, to kind of share with our audience and like utilize your wisdom. And I think, um, yeah, your journey is just inspirational, man. So I really want to kind of delve into into who you are, what you do and why. But equally, before we delve into that, let's maybe start with a background yeah so background brief kind of background to where i am now uh grew up on a small dairy farm in the country um normal kind of school uh, you know educational journey then i joined the royal marines after that um in my early 20s served um as a general royal marine for a while then i did signals for special forces so still part of the royal marines but attached to the SBS, and then I did full selection um, and finished out my time in the military serving in special forces as part of the SBS. Got to the end of that career and didn't know exactly what the next step was, so ended up working for a management consultancy in London, realised very quickly that that was definitely not the path, which set me on to, I guess, really asking what it was I did want to do. And it was during that journey I figured out it was business in some form, so working for myself and through lots of ups and downs and failures, which resulted in basically being stone broke and myself and and John, my business partner, both ending up living back at my parents for a period of time and to kind of start from scratch. We started The Natural Edge, which is what we run today. And again, lots of ups and downs with that journey. But after five years, we we really now concentrate on and our, I guess, specialist area is mindset and performance. So helping people really be the best version of themselves, whatever that means to an individual, so that they can get the most out of life and enjoy life. Amazing. So tell me a little bit more about like mindset and motivation. And obviously, like there's got to be a lot of crossover between like your military career and kind of what you learned there to the lessons that you kind of help your clients with today? Yeah, it's interesting. I would say the core of what we teach or help people with, I learned afterwards in that kind of journey, 
But retrospectively, there's lots of components from my time in the military that are useful to illustrate it. You don't actually, because you don't actually, I think, you know, you don't really get taught any specific or like over mindset techniques really when you're going through that process in the military. There are things that you take away from that and looking back on it, you know, for example, there's a saying in the military called no cuff too tough which really links into growth mindset. So in the military, no cuff too tough is basically, even though you'll just make it work, even though you don't have the exact tools or things are going wrong, you just find a way. You'll work around that problem as opposed to just seeing it as some huge stressful difficulty that you turn away from. It just becomes a challenge that you work through. And in a clinical sense, that's growth mindset. So a fixed mindset is where we decide that we have a finite amount of ability, for example, in a certain area. And when we get to something that we can't do immediately, we give up on it as opposed to seeing it as just part of the process and getting it wrong and failing is part of that. And if we keep expending effort, we will improve as opposed to a fixed mindset, which is a kind of very yeah finite. We, we can either You can either do it or you can't do it. And so it's things like that. It's, it's looking back and seeing that actually a lot of these the, the principles that we teach can be illustrated through experience in the military, even though I, I perhaps didn't have, I guess, the deeper understanding of why that worked, you know, why that was effective at that time. The thing that I'm interested in digging in a little bit more, because like that ability to kind of push on through um, and understand that in order to grow, you are going to face challenges. Looking at that moment in time when you were working in the city, and you decided, no, this isn't for me. And you kind of went back and, you know, started from from ground zero again, like back with your parents, but still continued this journey. I spoke to somebody yesterday and we talked about this crossroads moment. And it was almost this um, feeling that this is what we have to do. It's not the case of just stopping and and pivoting back to what we have done in the past. When you kind of have this kind of awakening moment, this crossroads moment, this juncture in our lives you ultimately come and decide that actually there's there's no better way. This is the person I am today. This is like, this is the journey I want to go on. What was your view and opinion of, of that particular experience at a particular time? Yeah. And I think the people that persist understand themselves. That's the key point with it. So all, everything always comes back to identity. Everything always comes back to we as humans will always act out of how we see ourselves and how we see the world. And so when I was at that point where I'd left the military, so I left the military, basically I'd done everything that I wanted to do in my military career. Yeah, there would have been some stuff that would have been still interesting, but I wanted to, I knew I didn't want to do it long-term and I wanted to leave my early thirties to pursue something else, even though I didn't know what that was. So I kind of just took the leap, trusting that I, trusting myself that I'd figure that out. When I was in London, although on the face of it that the job, et cetera, was easier than what I was doing, it was actually harder because it was almost like a friction between who I was and what I was doing. And that caused a whole host of problems. And I think a lot of people sometimes have that sense of it's lack of purpose, really. You can sum it up and you, you, you don't know or you don't feel like you have a clear path forwards. And... The only way to get through that, and this comes back to the core point of how we approach mindset, is that mindset is a skill set. But if you don't treat it like that, things aren't going to change. So I made it a very active process. So when I realized it wasn't right, 
I consciously started to ask myself the questions, well, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to do? Like, who do you want to become? And I, I just carried a notebook and I was constantly every day scribbling down ideas around that. And because, so we will always look for opportunities and find answers depending on the information that we are feeding us, like what you're feeding your subconscious. So it's, you know, a very basic example of that is when you can't remember someone's name and then three days later, you remember it when you're in a shower or something. And the reason that happens is because you've basically been percolating it in your subconscious. And then in a period of downtime, like you're out for a walk or in the shower or something, you're like, ah, it was John or whatever the name was. And so whatever you want to get better at or seek answers around, you, you need to make that a very active process. So I was constantly asking those questions. And after a month or two, I had an epiphany moment. It wasn't really an epiphany because I've been percolating it for those two months, but I was sat and I remember it very clearly. I was sat on the bus going into work and I was reading Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. because I just started reading books around, you know, perhaps trying to find whatever that interest would be. And it was a moment of it's business and specifically online business. I was like, yeah, that, that really speaks to me. That taps into a desire for freedom, you know, being able to work from anywhere from a laptop, um, which would give me the ability to do all sorts of other things with a lifestyle, you know, outdoor, very active. And so I was like, yeah, that's it. That's brilliant. If I can make money doing that, perfect. So, and from that moment, it was almost the same as when I was in the military where, or the build up to the military, sorry, when I was, um, you know, teenager, kid, teenager, etc. I always knew I was going to join the military. So it's very clear, like very clear path. And from that epiphany, I was like, this is the path. I didn't know how exactly it looked. And it's taken seven years to basically really clarify that to the point where we are now. But from that instant, I knew in some form or another, that was the path. And then we were just on the journey towards it. So with anything around mindset, it has to be a very active process. And we always use the analogy, you wouldn't read a book on diet and expect to lose weight. And yet that's how people treat mindset. Generally, people only tend to think about mindset when things are going wrong and they wish they you know, could be more confident or whatever it is or less anxious. And when they do want to make changes, they don't have a way or they don't find ways to practically implement strategies on a consistent enough basis to create that change so essentially you know to get stronger you have to put the reps in on a daily basis you have to lift weights it's no different from your mind think and if you think about it, it's bonkers to consider it any other way like you're never going to change ingrained neural pathways or behavior patterns without every day having a way to put strategies in place to achieve that it's just not going to happen yeah it's like um the habits isn't it because we're often ingrained and often entrenched by some of our habits so like the best thing to do is like focus down and double down on those habits and see well what is actually serving this kind of journey that i want to go on and want to drive forward what does my future look like what do i want to kind of envisage and, and create and ultimately how do my habits and you know the consistencies that we have in life um, be that training training or be that just like the growth mindset and what we want to go and accomplish um a lot of that you know, you have to kind of take the time to pick that apart, really, and understand, you know, what what is serving you and what isn't. Mindset is, yeah, I agree. It's it's so underappreciated in the ability to assess oneself in order to kind of grow and evolve. And you kind of hit the nail on the head, anyways, when you when you mentioned on your website about the ninety percent of the people that you work with 
ultimately they 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 say that they've got it down on on paper they look great and they should be happy but they're not there's always that like thing in the back of people's minds is chipping away at their lives of what might have been and yeah like tell me a little bit more about the clients that you're working with and the typical challenges that they're going through and then equally we haven't mentioned your business partner so I'm intrigued to delve a little bit more into your business partner and the relationship there yeah we don't talk about him mate um yeah John so um I mean yeah just going back a step on that with that with the habits is I mean James Clear describes it best you need you must think about it as three concentric circles and then it all starts with identity Habits and systems are very powerful to create the consistency and get you where you need to be, but you need to make sure that it's aligned with that identity piece. So that's where that deep internal work that most people never do needs to be done to set the direction and the path and understand what's happening to then layer the habits and systems on top to create the change that you want to be that will then get the results. Most people try and do it backwards. They're trying to force results to happen in the hope that that will change who they are. And it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, so John, who I run T&E with, so we um, served together in the military. And then when I was in London, I realized that, you know, this just wasn't wasn't the path and kind of realized business was. And I knew John was thinking about leaving. I basically said, let's, right, you're going to hate having a job. Let's start a business. But I wouldn't work with anyone else. So I'd just do it on my own if it wasn't with John. I think, you know, the person that you work with in business, it's, you know, you need such a, it's such a unique relationship. You know, I've got a lot of very close friends. I wouldn't work with any of them, but John and very, we're basically one in the same person, like just in a quite weird way. You know, if you talk about that, like soulmate or something, like John and I are the same. It's that kind of rare find in life. You know, we've now known each other for 10 years everything is aligned you know on this business journey our finances are tied up for the for, for years now our finances have been one and the same and the, the, you know there's no there's never been a fallout there's ever in the, in the entire time um that we've known each other and i think to have that level of trust you, you rarely get that what's beneficial or just by coincidence has worked out well is we have very different skill sets that perfectly complement each other so i like writing and doing the content side though it wasn't always that way um and john is the tech like anything technical basically if you think it he can code it so it just we have very good strategic vision together and then when it comes down to splitting the work up it's like i take all the content and that sort of networking and that interface and the public facing side of things and anything technical he is all over it like so it, it just works very well so like we're going to dig into a little bit more but what does the actual journey look like for the next couple of years for you guys like what is the ultimate goal because you've you've started the journey of coaching but like what's the aspiration I think right now is to solidify for that because for so long we've just been grafting to just you know keep keep everything going it's it's only in the last so this whole journey of business, I've decided the first two years, we tried a few different ideas. We had one main idea as a piece of software for people who were trading on Forex markets, so very random. And we were concentrating on, oh, let's just start something to make money. And that's the one that you know completely failed, spent all of our savings, ended up living back at my parents. And when we were back, kind of with nothing to lose, we were like, let's just do something we care about, which has always been health, performance, and mindset. Started the Natural Edge 
And in the first few years of that, it was really working out how that looked. And in the beginning, we did more around like nutrition and training and mindset. It was a kind of one and done service. And it never really felt right. And then it's only in the last couple of years and really the last 12 months when we switched to mindset, everything started to click into place. So we're only just like after seven years, we just I, literally in the, probably the last this year, last couple of months, actually kind of having like lower levels of stress around it and feeling at peace like, oh, oh actually we're finally in a good place. So for right now, we're just in a kind of phase of we've just started bringing some people on board. It's right. Let's build the really solidify the foundations, but the systems in place to then start to scale. So I think for the moment, for the next year or so, it's doing that, but also enjoying life a bit, like because everything has been all in on TE. And so just giving ourselves a bit of breathing space. But ultimately, the nice thing is the way that we both see it is, you know, we'll be doing TE till the day that we die. You know, this is us for the rest of our lives. And so it almost takes the pressure off because you're like, well, there is no rush. We're already now we've got to a place, you know, our salaries are good. Again, we're not like everything's on credit cards and the rest of it and stressing each month. So we're now like, well, who knows how far it can take? And so there's no like one definitive or it has to be this. Our aim is to help as many people as possible and enjoy life at the same time. So it's it's quite nice to have that feeling as opposed to our oh, need to get to this place. It's just like, well, who knows? Who knows where we'll be in 20, 30, 40 years? Yeah, yeah, and that's the best that's the best attitude to take, right? You always be chasing yourself rather than chasing others, like looking ahead and seeing how far you can actually go. You mentioned failure in there and um like the seven years. Like what what was the realities of that, of, of that like, like the building phase that you've got had to go through and kind of maybe what was the biggest learnings and also maybe the biggest challenge that you faced? Yeah. It's a dichotomy between it's great because you know you're on the right path. So even when we're living back at home. You know, we're, we're broke sharing a car that cost 350 quid, paying ourselves 400 pounds a month, walking, working from a mum's dining room table when all your friends are buying houses and getting married. It doesn't you know, seem like a great position to be in. But because we then, we like started the natural edge, it felt right, felt like we're on the right path. You know, life feels good again. That's not to say it's easy because you definitely still have those um, stressful times. And it has been for most of this journey, you know, month to month, hand to mouth can we pay ourselves which is hard you know that that definitely can be hard and when you go through stages as you do when things just don't feel like they're working it's really tough but what we've always come back to is well what else we're going to do you know a we're lucky in that either of us could tomorrow if we needed to go and get a job in what you know even if that's working mcdonald's whatever it is we could go and get a job and so it's like well what's the worst that's going to happen we're not going to become homeless or the rest of it there's always a backup and also it was well we don't want to do anything else so why wouldn't we just keep going and push through these tough times like this is the the path for us and we've, we've definitely learned some key key lessons one a big one was basically 60 percent and go so it was that i think it's the founder of linkedin i think it's reed hoffman and i can't remember exact numbers but basically he said when you put something out, a piece of work, whatever it is, if you're a kind of happy with it or it's, you know, you, you think it's 100%, then you waited too long. His basically mantra was, you know, 
just get it out there and iterate from the feedback. So 60% and go. And that's something we've become better and better at because you can, you can spend all day thinking, designing, let's say a website that you think is perfect. I guarantee once you put it out, the market will dictate actually what it needs to look like. And so just getting to just get a first draft done, get it out and get feedback and then iterate the faster you can do that the faster you make progress. So we're now very good at just getting something that to a point of good enough and then just get it out, test it and refine it from there rather than, oh, I don't want to put this out because what if I get judged all the rest of it? We've got to let go of that fear. And again, it is a belief shift. And then also coming back to, which is a mantra used through a lot of our coaching, and it was something through the military as well, is just everything's a process and, and you can't bypass that. So it, it really is that everything's a draft and an iteration. And so you just almost have to come, come become at ease with that. Because there's always lots of things to do. There's always things you want to improve. And you just have to come back to, it's just a process. It will get there. If as long as we stay aligned with our core values and the systems and habits that you're talking about, then it will work and we will get to that point. But it, it is just a process and not getting hung up on the results and putting most of the focus on the process. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that ability to look at, at what we create and what we actually build and, and um, put out into the world that, you know, as long as the the ratio between consumption versus creation, we're actually creating more than we're consuming. It, like an understanding that what we are providing in form of content is something that will iterate over time, that will change and evolve over time. Then, yeah, like just being comfortable in that open loop of constant feedback and constant, you know, refinement. Because not only are you refining your content, right? you're also refining who you are as a person and kind of ultimately what you want to become and how you want to drive that journey. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting, like listening to what you have to say, because, you know, when you go on to talk about how you've helped thousands of people become more resilient, confident and confident and courageous, that lies in the journey that you both have had for the last seven years. So kind of, you are the perfect examples of people to work with and partner with because you've been through the darkness and now you kind of come to the light at the end of the tunnel. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, your three pillars of living with purpose, forging true confidence and how people can feel happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So the, the core of it, so yeah, the purpose piece and even that true confidence, everything comes back to kind of, as I said, is identity. So essentially, the more that you understand yourself, the easier life becomes. So most people just live in their thoughts and emotions. They just get caught up in whatever it is. And they're not able to step back from that and A, understand what's driving them. So they don't understand the beliefs that are driving their reactions. And they also don't have a way to really change it even when they have that information. And so this identity piece, you know, for example, why does one person find a joke funny and someone else offensive? Why do you wear the clothes that you do, visit the places that you do, hang around with the people that you do, you know, watch the TV that you do, style the hair that you wear, everything, all of it comes down to how you're seeing yourself and how you're interpreting the world. And that's what's really key. It's not what you see, it's how you're interpreting it. And until you understand that, then it's very hard to make a change. So just like a a brief example with it, we were living, myself and Mel, my partner, were living in Manchester. We were moving to Bristol. We had like a month in between where, 
you know, one house, we had to move out of one house and the other one wasn't ready. And so we spent a month with my parents and my parents have been together for a long time, but they almost <laughs> communicate in sort of like a, a low level bickering type of way. And the first couple of days, Mel was a bit on edge. She was like, oh, am I, Jesus, am I about to witness a divorce here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're just, you know, they're just discussing breakfast. And one of the things she said to me after a week or so, she was like, I now see why you speak to me in certain ways that you think is okay, but really gets my back up. And then I get triggered and then you get triggered because I'm getting triggered. It's because you've just grown up around that. You see that as normal communication because that's how, that has shaped how you see yourself and how you communicate with people from your parents. And this is the same for all of us. So who we are is, is basically shaped by since the day that you were born, every experience you've had, all the environments you've been in, um, the education systems you've been through and evolution ties into it. And that has shaped who you are and how you see the world. And like I said, you'll always default to that narrative. But unless you understand, like say, say when you get triggered by something, there will always, always be a belief around that. It's never usually the surface level reason that you think it is. Until you can understand that and be like, oh, okay, that that's why I always react like this. That's why this always pisses me off or whatever it is. And then be able to step back from it and be like, right, okay, I understand that. That's just a belief, but it's not the truth. And then bring some perspective to it and be like, right, okay, I'm going to choose to act this way or change my behavior this way. And you won't do it every time, but the more that you practice that, the more you will move towards who you actually want to be rather than just living in these repeating patterns of behavior. So most people stay stuck in those cycles because they they don't know how to get deep enough to really see what's happening, and then they don't have a way to change it. So everything comes back to that identity piece. Like it's, it's why... You know, the example I use in my own journey, people think the military is hard. The military is the easiest job in the world if it speaks to who you are. Like, honestly, it's the easiest job. So, okay, set aside, you know, traumatic things happening. We're just talking about, you know, the, the daily job or even on operations, like operations, again, leave aside anything PTSD related. It's the easiest life. So hard things are easy because it taps into who you are. Um, you know, you talked about David Goggins. It's not forcing himself to do what he's doing. For most people, that would be shit because that's not who they are. For him, it's easy because it really taps into his identity. When I moved to London, although on the face of it, it was much easier, it was very hard for me because it didn't did not align with who I was at all. Going back to being broke, living at home, back to square one, but starting T and E, it was easy again, even though the situation was hard. So you have to really understand, you have to, and this comes back to the more you understand yourself, you need to set your path and your goals in line with who you are, not other people's or external pressures, because that's when it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. If you're trying to do something that just because you think you should be doing it, as opposed to who you really are, then life feels really tough. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, you hit on so many things there. And I think that definitely what you mentioned about like the learnings from our parents, it's so easy to fall into that kind of normality of, well, this is kind of how I've always been used to communicating with people. Or I've always grown up, but if you do see that like bickering and what I was going to say, mate, cause it's perfect, perfect segue. It's the fishbowl effect. So just as the fish has no idea that's in a bowl, the way that we each see ourselves becomes our own new normal. So until you can step out of that, you, you just see it as normal. And, and you know, you have to have a certain level of, like, bravery and the ability to reflect on who you really want to become because it does require a breaking of those intergenerational fibres because they are they do pass down through the lessons of, of your parents what you ultimately become for a proportion of, of time. And you're right in what you said that a lot of people don't know how to kind of get out of that fishbowl. But when you're able to kind of reflect and go, actually, what I want to become is this, and how do I kind of ultimately drive the actions to allow myself to get to that point in time, you know, it is kind of a little bit selfish because you, you focus it on yourself and there's a lot of, you can listen to the world around you and people saying, oh, well, why, why are you doing this? Like, this, what, 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 what are you hoping from this particular venture or like, why are you podcasting or why are you setting up a new business or whatever it may be? But it's just because that, in our heads when you've taken the ability to reflect it's actually well i want to actually pursue happiness i want to pursue who who this person is inside that like has been quietened for a proportion of time and then if you listen to people like um i don't know if you have ever a um, green site by matthew mcconaughey but his his thing of always be chasing like I, I love that concept because it's like chasing yourself rather than others and you know i think we are in a in a world now where comparison paralysis is quite commonplace and you look at what others are doing and what others are saying and you you kind of you can feel inadequate but i think you know ultimately for any true happiness you have to really take things back to like the bare basics and start building up a foundation from what you want to become and who is the person that you want to who is that person you want to envisage just saying like five years time and what are the actions you have to do to get to that point in time and then when you get there 
okay, like let's let's push ahead for another five years. And it's not just a case of what you can do in a day, but it's what you can do in like decades. And and you know, the people like David Goggins, they're you know, it's right. Like some people may think he's absolutely insane. Like reading that he was like running. I mean, he is insane. He is a bit insane, (laughs) but but like running. Let's be clear. He's mental. He yeah. is like a complete outlier. But I'm not saying his ethos isn't good, but he's still mental. Like he's but the, absolutely but he's, but he's running his own journey, right? He's he's pushing ahead in exactly. what he wants to pursue. Yeah. And um but yeah, he's running ahead in what he wants to pursue and um like that's that's the foundation. If you look at any any person that's on a particular growth journey, it's it's the fact that they don't want to stagnate. They don't want to be fixed in their mindset and they want more. They want to kind of dream or do more and become more. And I think that, you know, that's that's intriguing because kind of when you look at things like imposter syndrome and, and self-talk, like it's how we actually communicate to ourselves before we communicate to others that has a lot of impact. And, you know, like we can stand still and be, and let the world pass us by and years, like time doesn't stop. So, you know, it's ultimately what we do with each, with each moment that counts. And yeah, like I was intrigued to get your thoughts on things like, you know, comparison paralysis or imposter syndrome per se, and the ability to like utilize the self-talk to ourselves to kind of, remediate against some of those negativities yeah it's I, I think the key point you hit a nail on the head with it's it's each for each of us it's our, our own journey and key within that is understanding it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you want to strive for massive things let's take two examples someone who i don't know the work for the council doing whatever doing the roads or something got a strong relationship with their family their partner and good social with their mates and they you know just living that what you just you know normal in, in inverted commas life versus i don't know ceo striving to build a massive massive business works all hours is miserable doesn't spend time with the fact like at the end of life who you know who's who's won if there is you know there's no such thing as a winner in that sense but it, all we're looking for is happiness and satisfaction so it's remembering that it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've been in special forces or a bank clerk or an no one cares. No one will care. You know, you look at any studies on palliative care, it's people always look back. It's it's the experiences you had and the relationships that you built over your life. It doesn't matter about money in the bank or, you know, the external metrics, except what matters for you. And so exactly what you said is finding that path. But a lot of people find it hard to do that. They think they should be doing certain things, especially in the cultures today where it's, you know, the motivational stuff of strive to be this or that. It's like, I mean, most of it is just bullshit throwaway quotes, but it comes back down to just that understanding of self. And so, I mean, imposter syndrome, I, I think it's really opened my eyes with coaching over the past few years, the amount of people we work with who are very successful, you know, own businesses or management positions or whatever it is, but still suffer with that self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And again, at the core of it, you need to understand what's driving that. So what is the belief around it? Why do you have a belief that you're not, you shouldn't be in that room or you're not good enough? 
And it, most of the time it does link back to those early experiences in life and we just hold that belief with us. Yeah, like the same with our parents, right? If they've had um, negativity in their life and they weren't able to kind of deal with it or for, for some reason decided to kind of not unpack it, then we learn from those learnings. So like imposter syndrome is, is just another transgener- intertransgenerational fiber that like is passed down to us. Yeah, I, I don't think it's all de- intergenerational. Like I wouldn't agree with that. It has an impact, but it's... It's your peers, like it's experiences at school, it's societal impact. Like our, in the West, even in the North and South, are very different upbringings or a set of values from each other. So the, the parental, like generation, generation, it does have an impact because it's that family unit, but there's also a whole host of other like complex experiences that tie into that, like what your peer groups were like in school, what your teachers were like the experiences that you had around that first relationship, there's so much that ties into it and it's so complex that it's you, you can't really break it down to, oh, it's just this one thing. Um, but you're right in the sense that it all has an impact. Yeah, like I, th- I think it's, you know, you can take some elements, like I was saying about these learnings from our parents, but equally not passing the blame is what I was going to go on to talk about. Like you can't, um, you can't blame others for your own circumstances. Like at some point in time, you have to take ownership of your own reality and what you do with that ownership, what you do with that time, what you do with the actions that come from that um, ultimately dictates who you're going to be in the future. Because like, there's a lot of us, you know, you talk about conquering fear. So I think bearing in mind, we've talked about imposter syndrome, a lot of the, difficulties and the challenges that people perceive and not only are mental but equally that they're fearful as well so how do how do people how do you support um your network your community to conquer fear again it comes from understanding what what's what's causing that everything starts with awareness so you need to understand what's causing that fear like what what's driving it what are the thought process what is it you're telling yourself about whatever it is you're afraid of doing that is causing you to not take action because you're because you're fearing it. But and once you have that, it's understanding that fear and discomfort aren't going to go away. Often people have a belief that to be confident, whatever it is, you need to get rid of fear, and it's just not the case. You know, anyone that you regard as mentally tough, they haven't found a way to get rid of fear or the feelings of discomfort. They are just better at processing and sitting with it. Like so much of the stuff you do in the military, the fear is still there. You can just sit with it athletes you know although they're fitter so the level at which discomfort starts for them is higher it's still the same they don't feel any less pain than you or i or discomfort they're just better at processing it than we are and so they can sit with it much better so you know public speaking or any of that or anything that you fear the the basically way to conquer it is one understand what's driving it and then secondly find ways to step towards it in manageable increments so let's say, you know, public speaking is a really good example. If you've got a big fear around that, and obviously that would be driven by, for most people, a belief of, I'm going to get laughed at, embarrassment, which ties into evolution, which has an impact on how we act because we don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. But that's just a belief. The consequences now are not the same as they were a few thousand years ago. So bringing truth and perspective to it, that's not the case. Okay, the truth is I can do this. doesn't matter if it goes wrong. But finding ways to incrementally do that. So maybe you just... Do it in front of your partner first and learn to sit with that feeling of discomfort. And then you do a small presentation at work. And again, you learn to manage that fear. And then you do it in progressive steps. It all comes back to everything's a skill set. 
So when you've got fear in anything, something physical, emotional, having difficult conversations, work-wise, doing presentations or things like that, you just need to learn to progressively step towards it. It's the same with becoming a soldier. There's nothing special about being a soldier or becoming a soldier. It link, it ties into who you want to be. And then it's just a process. Like Royal Marines training is 32 weeks of incremental week by week exposures to uncomfortable things and things that perhaps would have been fearful, say, that you're doing on week 20 that would have been on week one, you didn't think you'd be able to do, but you just progressively move towards it. Like there's no there's no magic around it and things. There's nothing, um, you know, some kind of shortcut or anything to get there. It's just, it's quite boring when you break it down. It's just basic skill building in the same as you build any other skill. But again, most people don't treat it like that or they don't really understand that that's the process to get to the place where they want to be. Yeah, I think um, time plays a, a massive part in where people go because bearing in mind some of the expectations that society places upon people today, that a lot of people believe that, you know, if they're not successful in a year, then they're not going to be successful in two or three or four. But like the, the reality is it takes time to build. It takes time to understand the narrative. It takes time to understand the story that you're articulating. And it takes time to kind of learn to lean into our fears, learn to lean into our discomforts in order to kind of fight through them. And I do find it troubling, I would say, in respect to where a lot of people are at the moment. I honestly believe people give in too early. And, you know, there are there are things that, that push people to kind of stop you know, there's um, there may be family, there may be money. There's a multitude of of reasons to stop. But like, when we actually look into the detail of things, if you know what you're doing is right, then even if it's a case of you take a job on the side to kind of pay your bills but continue anyways, like there are ways around it. It's just you have to kind of be able to kind of go beyond that breaking point. So when you were talking about discomfort, it, you know, a lot can be said. I would I would imagine about like the day-to-day discomfort of, of raw marine training and kind of getting used to the sleep deprivation and other pieces like that that kind of can massively impede people's judgment. So, yeah, like what was that like? And do you think a lot of the work in respect to the reflection piece of fighting discomfort, um, supporting people to kind of break through that um, breaking down process, do you think a lot was kind of founded in, in your own experiences of the military and what you went through, or was it more so the seven years of challenge that you, you articulated earlier on? I know I sound like a broken record, mate. It's just the clinical thing of understanding your identity. Like it, it really is as simple as whatever you – so what you're talking about there when people give up, you can have it on – you almost think of it as a graph, as in – the more you want to push yourself in something or the higher expectations you set, the higher you want to perform, the more it has to mean something to you. That is how you get through that. So there was an interview that I read around, it was a Olympic coach was asked what, you know, what's the difference between, you know, once you remove say genetics and all those kind of bits, what's the difference between those athletes that really excel and those that don't? He's like, it's the ones that can sit with the boredom, do the boring things day in and day out long enough to find that success and the only people who would do that is because it is so aligned with who they are that they'll get through it like the the people that pass when you turn up the start the start line for special forces 
everyone there is physically capable of getting to the end. They've all been through hard, arduous courses, Royal Marines training, parachute regiment, whatever it is. You know, okay, some people get unlucky with an injury or something like that. But if you remove that, it's all mindset and it all basically comes down to how much you want that end result intrinsically, internally, like how much it aligns and how much you'll be willing to go through to, to, to get there. And the same with, say, business. It's how much are you willing to sit with that pain and discomfort to get to that point? So that's really at the core of it. So when we teach people, it's not like, because it does, again, it doesn't matter. Like the experiences that I've come through are good to illustrate it. But unless you find your own path with what you're doing and can divorce all the external stuff, then you're going to very find it very hard to A, find that success, but also happiness. Once you have that, it's much easier to get through those hard times. We're in Royal Marines training. Like that stuff is hard and you, you can use tactics. So you can use strategies like breaking things down to just concentrating on what's in front of you. That's very helpful when you're going through something hard, you know, looking, say if you looked at the whole 32 weeks, it becomes overwhelming. But if you just focus on all I need to do is get through today or I just need to get through the next hour and breaking it down into those segments that's a very helpful strategy laid on top of the foundation of this is who I want to be. Like there, there was, I've never, whenever I was in the military, never once did I have that thought of quitting, no matter what happened, whether it was through selection or that training, because it tapped so strongly into the identity piece. And that's how you really get through those hard times. And those strategies, like I said, you can definitely use strategies that make it easier and, and can help with that. But at the core of everything, it's that understanding of self and, and finding that path for you. Yeah, definitely. That ability to remain consistent no matter what and to kind of show up every day and like understand that like, you know, you may like today may be challenging, but tomorrow's a new day. It's it's true. Like a lot of when you when you are growing from a, a business stance or individual stance, whatever it may be, a lot of it is is dull and monotonous you have to kind of you know go through these repetitive cycles but i think that it's kind of like like if learning to play guitar like you build up calluses on your fingers the more you play the better you get and the easier it becomes and you know we are building up almost this like like you could do it an analogy upon like armor or whatever it may be this kind of um like battle suit or whatever it may be that you you want to have around you as as like a you know the training or whatever it may be this 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 ability to to continue to grow it's it's often founded in the most repetitive of tasks but we're learning within those tasks and as long as we're taking learnings from each day and as long as we have um the ability to reflect on on a week on a week's time and look back and see well what do we like from that particular week and what didn't we like what can we evolve what can we change and always as you you know like you mentioned earlier about always iterate who knows what the future holds for any of us but that is a far more interesting journey to take than a one where you go to an employer you hate and you take a salary that is paying the bills but like what quality of life do you have like there's a lot of people that you know really struggle at the moment in things like epidemics of isolation or there's an awful lot of um, issues in respect to mental health but 
like a lot of it comes down what are you pursuing are you pursuing profit or are you pursuing happiness like at the end of the day if you're happy you do you do great work anyway so profit and money becomes a byproduct of what you do but it's i think the individual person like we have to take ownership in our own lives and you know we can look and admire from others and you know, we t- talked about at the very beginning about the ability to kind of interject. Like, I take inspiration and solace from an awful lot of people, um, and I'm a, I'm a big admirer of their journeys. But ultimately, the actions come down to me. I choose whether to go out on a run. I choose whether to get in a peloton in the middle of the night. I choose whether to kind of show up each day, and I choose the pathway that I want to follow. And you have to be able to like take inspiration from others but pair it with action and when we're able to do that then when we look back in five ten years time then we'll look back in a journey that's that's um a different pathway that often other people haven't taken but you know something that we're really yeah. proud of i think the hard thing with that it's very easy to say those things when we're in a good place and we work with a lot of people that are make some people just need a right process because sometimes until you figure out like mind's so complex, psychology is so complex, and so until if you unless you can figure out, we call them bound natures, like why those cycles are happening, and then start to make some changes there. It's really hard to get to that place of taking the action. Like it's not the logic. Most people logically know what they need to do. They want to be going and doing those things. It's not out of laziness. So it's I, you know, ch- choices are very. Everyone likes to think they're making logical, conscious choices. You're not. Like even positive ones. You are, it all comes down to, and you know, the research is very clear on this. A good book to read on it is Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. And it basically goes into the whole, it's a whole, lots and lots of experiments and the whole psychology around it's not your, your, your defaulting to those narratives again. It's why heuristics exist, it's why stereotypes exist. So when you're making those decisions, that decision is actually far deeper than this conscious level. So even the positive ones, there's, is a deeper reason behind that. So until you just unfigure some of that stuff, it can be hard to get to that place where, okay, I do go and get up and do that workout and all the rest of it. And, you know, even with the job piece, it doesn't necessarily mean, I think people get caught up and they think they have to make massive changes. They have to change careers, et cetera. Some people, yeah, exactly. You you know, that's not the case. It may be that it's just figuring out a hobby. You know, it's coming to that kind of place. Okay. I don't love my job, but it pays the bills. And it allows me to support my family. And then it gives me the ability to do this outside. And that's where I find my fulfillment or satisfaction. Um, yeah, I think some people, sometimes people think they have to really take those massive steps, but it, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be. There's lots of different ways we can get to that same place of happiness and satisfaction. Yeah, it can be hard. I think and people are hard on themselves sometimes, but remembering it is very complex and there's a whole host of things that have happened to get us to where we are now and just figuring out that internal piece first for most people then makes it far easier to start doing the things that they were all behaving and acting in the ways that they want yeah definitely and it's it's also an understanding that what works for one person doesn't work for another right so like we have that ability and but i think one of the most one of the things I I think really really helps is if you surround fellow people like you, you know your business partner for example for example you both 
exactly aligned in respect to your viewpoint of, of what the future holds. And you don't always have to have alignment. Like sometimes it's good to get opinions from different views as well. But equally, you do want to see people that are willing to push you to kind of, um, you know, and be supportive, yeah. supportive of you and like willing to listen to you rather than kind of, it's okay to sometimes like shed friends and people that are no longer like relevant to who we are today and not feel so guilty about that because we, you know, we evolve as people like that when we go to school, right? A lot of people that I know, cause I, I grew up in the North of England. I'm, I'm back in Newcastle these days. People are still friends with people for like 40 years of their life that they went to secondary school with. Cause you know, some of my mates didn't go to university, some did. And, but it doesn't mean that you have to remain friends with them because naturally as you evolve, you know, you, you do grow apart in some cases. You find more people that are more closely aligned to who you are in the present day. And I think um, that's that's a good thing to have that like awareness piece that, that who you surround yourself with. Like, there's that thing about, I can't remember who said it, but like, we are a reflection of the people we surround ourselves with. And I think that that's, that's true to life, really. Um, and when you talk about cycles, I think, you know, you, you do mention in some of the stuff that you do about the boom and bust cycle. And I think bearing in mind what you talked about just a second earlier about cycles, I think that's relevant as well in respect to also the time it takes to go through this kind of growth journey and equally um, the realities of that as well. But man, I could talk to you all day. It's been an absolute pleasure. But if there's any like lasting thoughts, key takeaways that you'd like to leave with our audience, just let us know. I would so probably the two big ones are one, you know, spend that time really trying to dig into who you are, what it is you want out of life, the more you can do that introspective work, which can be uncomfortable. It's the most uncomfortable work for all of us because no one really likes looking inside and having that honest reflection. But the more you can do that, the more progress you'll see. And then also just remembering that you don't need perfection to make progress. We use the principle of moving average, which is you just need to find those small wins. You know, it's not going to go right every time or every week and nor does it need to be you know there's ups downs and plateaus on any path that any of us choose to take but if you can just kind of get rid of or fight that all or nothing perfectionist mindset and just come back to that moving average of overall progress you'll find things a lot easier um, and a lot less stressful so yeah there'll be my two takeaways definitely well man it's been awesome chatting to you and thank you so much for your time we appreciate it oh thank you okay i have two new obsessions that i need to share with you impress no glue press on manny's and impress press on falsies lashes trust me these are getting ready game changers both require no glue so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes no mess and no annoying dry times just one step and you're done boom Instant Glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made, or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode.